Grace and peace, everybody. Welcome back to the All That I Am podcast. I am Lady Vivian Jacobs, and I am your podcast host. This is season two, episode number four. And tonight, tonight, tonight is entitled The Intentional Woman Walking in Purpose on Purpose. And I'm so excited about tonight. I'm so excited. If you don't already, please listen to us on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, iHeartRadio, and Pandora. Please subscribe. And if you uh, have a moment, uh, go ahead and give us a review. Maybe you will catch a portion of this and you want to go back and listen to it again. Uh, We want you to be able to do that so you can download it on the various outlets that we are available on so that you can always go back and listen to the podcast. And even as I said, the workbook that I released on today, I would love your support. Uh, It's for every woman that desires aim in their life, that desires balance structure and fulfilled purpose. People ask me all the time, how do you do everything that you do? First of all, it's the grace of God, but I also provide practical tools in this workbook. In this workbook, it's 94 pages and I basically reveal my secrets. I reveal what helped me to become all that I am and to be able to balance everything that I have, all of the responsibilities that I have. Um, And so uh, that's just a little pub on the workbook. I would love your support. You can go to my website at uh, imvivj uh, to purchase that workbook. Thank you in advance. You all know how we do. Get your blanket, get your coffee, get your tea, get those notebooks so that you can take some good notes. Because as I always say, I don't want this to just be a moment where you hear something and you leave and you totally forget about it. But I want you to be able to go back and look over it again so that you can continuously apply it to your life. And you can go back, you know, as a reference to see what we spoke, you know, what was said, what ministered to you the most. And so I hope you have that with you and by your side because tonight is guaranteed to be life-changing. And so we usually have two short segments in the podcast. We usually have the let's just be honest segment. Um, And I'm going to pose, I'm going to ask a question about that. Uh, And then we usually have the she did that segment. We're going to skip those because I want to jump right into our podcast. I am so excited about our host. I'm going about our uh, guest. I'm going to uh, introduce her in a minute. Um, But I want to, there's something that's really been trending for the Let's Just Be Honest segment. And I want you all to go ahead and begin to comment in the comment section. I see your comments coming in. Grace and peace, grace and peace. So now. One thing about me, I don't really watch a whole lot of TV, but there is something uh, on Love It. Is it Married at First Sight? (laughs) I don't even watch it. Is it Married at First Sight or Love at First Sight? But I heard that it is trending, like it is blowing up on social media, on the internet with what's going on with Married at First Sight. And so I had one of my friends that kind of gave me a little bit of backdrop. And this this segment, really, the Let's Just Be Honest segment is a segment where Lady V can be honest and give her opinion and perspective uh, on a hot topic or a trending topic. Um, but I don't really know a whole lot about the uh, <laughs> about it. So begin to put it in the comment section because it did spark something in me. So I'm going to tell you what I know about it. And you all correct me if I'm wrong for those of you that watch it. Um, but I guess... Uh, on this show. It's on Lifetime. Never, ever seen it. Uh, But from what I'm being told, 
is that there are people that, um, I don't know if it's the show, that go out and they find mates for these people. Married at first sight. Thank you, Charlene. They find mates for these people. It's a hot mess. Yes, that's what I heard. They find mates for these people and they marry them. Oh, Rolinda, you are faithful watcher. You can help me on tonight. Okay. So they find mates for these people and they marry them. Um, at first sight, like they don't know anything about them. And so I guess it's this one couple that's on there now that is like really trending really high, um, where I guess the man is not really attracted to the woman, you know? Yeah. Type that in the comments. Would you all do that? Would you date? Would you marry somebody that you do not know? Like you meet them the first time and on the, the first time you meet them, that's when you all get married. Uh, I don't know about that. Yeah, I think that's a big fat no for me. I think that's a big fat no for me. Um, I do believe in love at first sight. I do. But I don't know about getting married at first sight. I'm a little too indecisive for that. Like I, I need to, I need to know. I need to fill it out. I need to be sure. And so it's going to take more than one date. But anyhow, was somebody about to say something? Okay. Anyhow, so what, what they're saying is, is they got married and he's not really attracted to her. And I guess they had sexual relations. And he, I guess, was thinking that after the sexual relations, he was going to wind up being attracted to her. And he really wasn't. Um, and I guess he's trying to force himself. And then I guess he's treating her uh, like any old type of way because he doesn't really love her of course he just met her um but he um he's treating her any old type of way and she's saying that that the lord did this or the lord put them together and it's the will of god for them and so she's enduring the, enduring this treatment from him now 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 okay i haven't seen this so i'm this is me saying what i've heard so if i'm wrong let me know um but am i kind of like on like, right? <laughs> what do y'all feel about that? Like, I, I mean, I'm, I'm seeing a whole lot of no's. I'm seeing a lot, whole lot of no's. Let me open my comments. Um, somebody said he has been playing with her the whole time. And I believe, yeah, yeah, that's, that's an issue. And that's what I was going to say. That was one of the things uh, that I was going to say with that. I mean, you can kind of tell when women don't have any uh, self-worth or they don't know their self-worth um, because they're willing to accept anything. They're willing to accept anything. Um, but yeah, that, that I just wanted to bring that up because I wanted to poll the audience to see how you all felt about that uh, married at first sight. It's really got me intrigued because now I want to go and watch it <laughs> and see what it's all about because uh, yeah, I, I don't know about that. But I, I think I think it's a unanimous vote in the chat section that it's, it's a big fat no for married at first sight. But don't get me wrong, I do believe in love at first sight. So that's my take on something that I know a little bit about of. I don't know a whole lot about it, uh, about it. Um, but that's just for the let's just be honest segment. You better get to know people before you give them your hand in marriage, before you make that vow, you know, before you make that covenant before God. You want to get to know people and really know who they are, really know who you're joining your life with, because the two shall become one. And that's not an easy process.
It's not. <laughs> That's not an easy process at all. So you want to make sure you know that person. So yeah. Uh, it's a no for me, but uh, I'm going to go and watch it though. But that's it for that segment. Um, I want to go ahead and jump into our podcast topic on tonight. And so as many of you know, if you uh, were on the last podcast uh, episode, we were still talking about purpose, right? And we were talking about how my purpose or my why won't let me quit. Uh, so just a little bit of a recap of the last podcast, um, really what we were kind of um, honing in on is how your purpose keeps calling you, uh, even when you want to quit, even when you don't feel like it, when you want to throw in the towel, when you don't believe in yourself, uh, just all types of emotions and crazy things going on in your life, uh, your purpose somehow still continues to call you and it won't let you quit. There is something down on the inside of you, no matter how you feel, it's continuing to call you to say, you know that this is what you should be doing. You know that this is where you should be, you know, uh, even though you may not feel like it at the time, because uh, as women, especially, but human beings, uh, we can be fickle with our emotions. One day we feel like it and the next day we don't. It still does not change your purpose. And so I have a very special uh, guest with me on today. Um, and so before I do that, I want to make sure I hone in on the intentional woman too, because that's the entire series, the intentional woman, and just really intentionally walking out your purpose where you're taking the necessary steps to walk your purpose out intentionally. Like this is not something that I fall upon. This is not something that happens haphazardly, but this is something that I am intentionally uh, working toward. Um, and so that's what we're going to talk about uh, with our guests and really becoming her, uh, hence the title of my workbook. And just like that, she became. And so basically uh, becoming her, walking in your purpose, you know, in what God has called you to be because all of us have a purpose. Uh, and so joining me on today as we continue our conversation on purpose is my very own spiritual mother. Y'all, I am so nervous. My spiritual mother, Pastor Andrea Hudson, uh, is here with us on tonight, and she is going to share. And I know that she is going to bless us in a special way. I really, really admire the God in her and even how she walks out her purpose wholeheartedly. I love it. I love it. I love it. And so at this time, I want to introduce my spiritual mother, Pastor Andrea Hudson. Um, and I want you, uh, I'm so used to saying Lady Hudson, uh, Pastor Hudson, I love you. I'm excited to have you on tonight. Um, I want you to go ahead and give the audience uh, a brief introduction of yourself, and then we'll go ahead and uh, jump right into our podcast. Hello, ladies. Uh, it's so good to be with the women on tonight, whom I love very, very much. It's nothing like being a girl, being a woman. It is fabulous. It's phenomenal. And I'm glad God created us. And I'm so excited to be with my spiritual daughter, First Lady Vivian Jacobs. She is doing amazing things in the kingdom of God, in the marketplace. And this podcast is just off the chain. I am a 
fan of All That I Am podcast. And I'm so glad for those of you that are on tonight and even those of you that are listening, that you're a part of this amazing journey with Lady Vivian Jacobs. Uh, as Lady Vivian stated, I am Pastor Andrea Hudson. I'm the wife of Archbishop William Hudson III of the Powerhouse Chicago in Chicago, Illinois. I'm a wife of 16 years. Amen. God is good. <laughs> It has been a fun journey um, being married. Yes, it has, but I love it. I know that that is one of my purposes is to be a wife. And I'm so grateful to God for it. Not only am I a wife, but I am a woman of God in ministry. I'm a preacher. I'm a pastor. And then also I am a full-time entrepreneur. So I'm bivocational, just like Lady Vivian is. She's bivocational. Many of you that are watching or are, are listening could be the same as well, where we both serve in ministry and in the marketplace. And so as a full-time entrepreneur, I'm the CEO of Ash Enterprises, Ash, the acronym of my name, Andrea Simone Hudson, and we are a lifestyle brand that empowers individuals for both ministry and marketplace through symposiums, conferences, the arts, business, ministry. It is something that we've been doing since 2014, and we love every minute of it. And God has been gracious to us on this journey called entrepreneurship. For those of you that are entrepreneurs and even full-time entrepreneurs, you know, as well as I do, that this can be very tricky at times. And there's a grace to be an entrepreneur, just like there's a grace to be anything in life. But I'm grateful to God that it is a calling. It is a part of my purpose, which we're gonna talk about tonight. I'm an author. I'm an author of three books. Um, I am also um, a speaker, not just a preacher, but a speaker. I'm a corporate speaker. So I do a lot of speaking for corporate events, businesses. Um, I'm also um, a mentor to many, a spiritual mother to many, which I love and am honored to do so. And God has just been good to me. I am a Jesus girl. At the end of the day, take everything away, and give me Jesus, and I am satisfied. So thank you, my spiritual daughter, Lady Vivian, for having me on tonight. I love it. I love it, Lady Hudson. I, that is so much. That is, you, you wear so many hats. So many hats, and you wear them well. You wear them well. You manage it with grace. Uh, we are looking and you are definitely uh, an inspiration to me, uh, a role model to me, a spiritual mother to me. And I definitely uh, thank you for all that you pour out, for all that you keep going. We are watching. We need to see it. We need to see it. I love it. I love it. I mean, when I see you do it, it really gives me the strength and the encouragement to know that I can do it as well. Um, your push means everything to me. Um, so I want to uh, go ahead and jump right into our subject at hand. Um, Pastor Hudson has, has told us all of the, the wonderful things uh, that she does. Uh, and I want to kind of dive into that a little bit. First, I want to um, talk about purpose. 
Um, purpose basically uh, is the reason something was created, right? It's the reason for your being. It's the reason for your existence. I have a quote here by uh, James Russell Lowell, and it says, no man is born into the world whose work is not born with him. We are born into this world with a job to do. As long as you have breath in your body, blood running warm in your vein, you have a work to do. You were born with a work. Women that are listening, you were born with an assignment. You were born with a purpose, the reason for your existence. And what we have to do uh, as, as people of God, as women, is to find out why, to find out your why, like specific why you were born. What is your specific purpose? What is your uh, specific assignment? When you leave this earth, I want you to ponder this question. Will you have fulfilled your purpose? Will you have fulfilled your purpose? We have all been called by God to live a life meaningful and purposeful. And so it leads me right into my first discussion piece. Uh, purpose and identity, I think, go hand in hand. Purpose and identity, they go hand in hand. People who effectively walk in their purpose, which is why I'm here, know who they are. They know who they are, which is their identity, which is how God sees them. You have to know who you are. You have to have that confidence in who you are in order to walk in your purpose effectively. And so, Pastor Hudson, I want you to just begin to talk to us about why that's important with identity and purpose and all of that. Absolutely. I believe when we look at the subject of, of, of purpose, which is such a powerful subject, we must look at it, of course, through the eyes of spirituality and knowing that our creator, God, created us with a purpose. He did that intentionally, as you stated, the, you know, the intention. He, everything that he created had an intention. Yeah. Everything, every single thing. You know, as much as we don't like rats and rodents and things of the, you know. They serve a purpose. Things of the animal kingdom, they have a purpose. Yeah. Roaches have a purpose. Ants have a purpose. Every single thing that God created, he created it with an intent and he created it with a purpose. Henceforth, us as human beings, he gave us this identity, which is his DNA. So when we talk about identity, we've got to go back to the creator. We all have his DNA. Yeah. What is the DNA of God? Because when we talk about identity, we need to know what we're full of. You know, um, back in the day, I don't, I don't know if people still say it now because I'm trying to keep up with all of the latest lingo that uh, our millennials and post-millennials are saying. So I, I really do try to keep up with them. I, I don't know how well I'm doing, but back in the day, we used to tell somebody that they're full of it. I don't know if people still say that now. 
full of it, you know, and that wasn't in a positive light. Uh-uh. That was kind of <laughs> negative and derogatory. Yeah. Telling people that they were full of it and you guys can fill in the blanks of what that it is. But we need to realize though, that when we talk about identity, we are full of God. We're full of his DNA. So our God is a creator, therefore we're full of creativity. Our God is all powerful, we're full of power. Our God is, 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 a, is a God of wisdom, we're full of wisdom. And sometimes we forget what we're full of. So we can we walk around this world and we walk around sometimes forgetting what we have on the inside of us. So we look externally for people mm-hmm. to give us our identity. Mm-hmm. We look for jobs to give us our identity. We look for material things to give us our identity. When they are just literally pieces of the puzzle and the entire puzzle is what you're full of. And I, I, our identity comes from God first. So when we realize that, we realize that he didn't make any junk. Everything that he made is absolutely perfect. Oh, yes. And sometimes we don't feel that way. Sometimes we focus on what's wrong with ourselves instead of what is right with us, what is right according to what God created. And even with our identity, it is shaped at a very early age by some of the experiences that we go through, some of the things that we are exposed to. So when you become born again, you then go back to the blueprint because before salvation, many of us didn't know who we were. But when salvation came, when we said yes to God, it was going back to the original purpose back to the original intent, knowing who we are. And now that we have the responsibility of knowing who we are, we also have the responsibility of walking it out. I love it. I love it. That is, that is so true, Lady Hudson, um, because I, I know for me, once I really got that epiphany of who I really was and who I was becoming, because I often tell people, before I got married, of course, I knew who I was like I and not to brag, but I always was like confident in who I was, you know, and when I married my husband, I was learning who I was becoming. Yes. Like I was evolving even the more, you know, uh, my purpose was evolving. And so it was beginning to unfold to me uh, even the more. And so I was learning who I was. And so I had gotten to a place where God revealed to me who I was and I saw it, but I didn't really receive it. Um, And then I got to a place where I got enough prophecies. I started to receive it, but I didn't really embrace it. Um, And then, you know, I got tired of the Lord hitting me over the head, (laughs) you know, and then I began to embrace it. And when I say embrace it, I mean, I really began to try to walk it out. And I really began to try to uh, just make more purposeful moves because 
when you know who you are in God and you know your purpose, you begin to try and uh, make your life align up with it. You try to make decisions that are conducive to your purpose, to your identity. There are some things that I just don't do because of who I am. It's not in congruence with who I am or who God has called me to be. And so my decisions became more purposeful. You know, I understood what I could and could not do, you know, but that was a difficult transition for me because, you know, it, it was different, you know, and, and change is not always easy. Um, and so I want to encourage someone that's listening on tonight that you may be in that place where you are evolving. You knew who you were in the previous season or your assignment for that time. But even as it changed, God will begin to reveal that to you even the more, but you must embrace it. You must embrace it. And one of the things that, that helped me out, uh, Lady Hudson, uh, is, is really to, even if I was afraid to do it, do it scared. I would rather do it scared than to not do the will of God and to have to suffer the consequences. And really the consequences for me were just feelings of letdown on the inside of me because there is such a sense of fulfillment when you're actually walking in your purpose. It's such a feeling of joy, a feeling of peace when you know that you're walking in your purpose. And so I encourage anybody, I don't care how scared you are. <laughs> I don't care what reservations you have. You need to make sure that you try to intentionally, don't say the Lord is gonna do it for me one day. You have to intentionally make decisions uh, and make the right choices that are conducive to your purpose. And so talk to us about how you knew what your purpose was. How did you know? I don't know if you remember when exactly, but how did you know? What was it in you that that stood up and said, this is my purpose? Well, one of the things that I do when I mentor individuals and, and do life coaching, and many of them tell me that they don't know what their purpose is. I take them through a series of exercises, almost like reflection, okay. going back to their childhood. Because what I've learned is that who you are now, in most cases, you were that person at five. That's you so were true. that person at 10. Mm -hmm. Now, what happens is life happens. So you could have experienced trauma or some type of tragedy that may, try, may have tried to alter or adjust your mindset, your body your emotions, but really at the core of who we are, we're still the same individual that we were when we were children. And so even, and I know that you can attest to this Lady Vivian, and those of you that are mothers, you see skills, you see giftings, you see things in your children at a very early age. You see what is possible yeah. when they become older at five, at three, sometimes even at two. And so when I look at my life, I've always known that I was a leader. Number one, by the position that I am in my family, I'm the oldest of seven children. So I think that God just, you know, when he created me and created my purpose, he put me first on purpose. <laughs> 
meeting a pack of siblings, uh, six siblings, it's four girls and three boys. And so I'm the oldest, that, that's my position in my family. And then I always was, I, I, when I think about my childhood and, and, you know, I was very blessed to have a wonderful upbringing and a God-fearing home, a godly home. I passed, my, my parents, are, our pastors have been for close to 40 years now. So God has been good. But I've always been in leadership roles as a young girl. Even among my peers, it always was like everybody came to me for advice. Everyone came to me to tell me their troubles. I also, when I look at this time of reflection and look at my childhood, I had influence at a very early age. And you know, we use the term influencer now, that's the trendy term now. But when sometimes you have to just look back over your life and realize you had influence. You could stop some of your friends from doing some stuff and they listened to you. That was influenced then. And I believe that God was shaping me then, molding me then, you know, even in ministry as a pastor's kid, we did everything. You know, we let, we, we directed the choir. I was a musician. A lot of people didn't know. A lot of people don't know. (laughs) I I played the piano, studied music for years. I played the piano. I played the organ. I played the drums as a pastor's kid. Listen, if nobody else did it, you learn to do it. (laughs) Man is learning it now. (laughs) Directing the choir, leading praise and worship. serving in the background, children's pastor, youth pastor, everything that I did, I did it with, you know, because I loved God. But again, it was a part of my purpose and it was leadership and influence. Even then, fast forward to decades later, I'm still that same individual. Have grown up, matured, went through some things, of course, good and bad. But at the core, I'm still that young girl with the pigtails that <laughs> love to be around people, that love to talk, that love to lead. Oh, yeah, you know, at some point I was bossy in, in, in a certain aspects. <laughs> and, and a lot of that has not left. Yeah. And, and now it's leading in a different way. And I think that when we talk about discovering our purpose, many individuals, you know, those of you that are watching tonight, those of you that are listening to this podcast, and you're saying, well, I really just don't know what I'm here for. And we have so many individuals in our society that just say, I don't know why I'm here. What's my reason for existing? Let's go back to your foundation, who you were, that that happy child. Did you experience some trauma? Yes, you did. Did you experience some shattering of your faith? Yes, you did. But I guarantee you under all of those layers, you're still that same individual at the core. Now we've got to go back. We've got to remove all of those layers and discover who you are now. And be and, and it sometimes it is a process. It is peeling back the layers. Sometimes the layers can be, you know, layers that we don't want to deal with, things that we have allowed to be buried on purpose intentionally because we don't want to bring up that pain in certain aspects of our life. But I feel that if you're going to walk out your purpose wholeheartedly with no restrictions, unashamedly and unapologetically, 
even the trauma that you experience is a part of your purpose. The Bible says it all, all things work together for the good to them that love God and to them that are called what? According to his purpose. I love God is so strategic. Oh my goodness. When I think about it and, and even as you're saying that, you know, and I think about like things that I did in my childhood that just came naturally to me um, and how I see it working out now, you know, in a greater aspect in my purpose and really just going back to seeing, you know, back in the day, because like you said, sometimes we bury those things or sometimes, you know, we may feel like we're working in it, but it may not be the way that we want it to be. And so we put it on the shelf and say, we're going to come back to it. But I, I think that's good. And I think that uh, for everybody that's listening, like if you just take this moment now to think and to think back, you know, to your childhood, what did you love to do what came natural to you you know for those of you that may be questioning what your purpose is and and life has a way life has a way of throwing us blows right you know and and sometimes those blows can discourage us or those blows can cause us to doubt it can cause us to doubt our purpose or whether we're really capable of fulfilling our purpose, you know, because things happen in life, you know, that are, of course, we, we didn't always plan it to go that way. But even as you said, God is just so strategic. He's so strategic in everything, everything that happens to us, there is a purpose behind it. And so was there ever a time in your life where you questioned whether you had what it took to fulfill your purpose and like, how did you overcome that? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, you, you're going to have moments of self-doubt Yeah. because it's a part of the human experience. You know, that's a part of being in this flesh. You're, you're going to have moments of doubt. You're going to have moments of insecurity. Um, one of the enemies of purpose is fear. Yeah. Fear is a strong enemy of purpose. And so fear, its design is to keep you paralyzed. Its design is to keep you stuck and not moving forward. And so the fear will come in, in, in you questioning yourself. Self-doubt and intimidation and insecurity and all those things are all a part of the umbrella of fear. Yeah. It's the fear of failure. It's the fear of individuals receiving you. Yeah. It's the fear of rejection. Mm -hmm. And I realized that in key moments of my life, when I would set my mind to do a goal, that fear would come in. Yeah. yeah. That, 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 you know, that crippling fear, you know, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm not just talking about, you know, I'm talking about where it, it grabs you mm -hmm. to the point where you say, I'm not going to do it. I just, mm -hmm. I just, I just will not do it. I'll just be better off just, you know, being where, what, where I am, doing what I'm doing. But that, that looks too intimidating for me to try. So I'll, I'll give you a quick example. So out of all of the seven children of my, of my parents, again, I'm the oldest of seven. We all are very different, same, but very, very different. We all have different lights. We all have different, you know, personalities, all of that. And so for whatever reason, I was always attracted to pageants. 
I was the one that would watch television and would watch every pageant that would come on TV. Miss America, Miss USA, Miss World, Miss Universe. And I would sit there and study these women. And my other sisters, they would, but it just wasn't like the way that I did it. I would literally be engulfed and I would, you know, be like a commentator, you know, nah, she's not doing it right. She's not walking right. She's not doing. And so my mom paid very close attention to that. That's why I said, again, you see things in your children yeah. that are going to be a part of their destiny. So when I got a little older, she asked me, she said, how do you feel about competing in a pageant? And it sounded exciting, you know, and of course, of what I saw on television, I was like, okay, yeah, I'll try it. <laughs> yeah, I'll just try it. Sure. You know? And so I was a senior in high school when I entered into my first beauty pageant. Now, again, at first I was like, yeah, let's do it up. But when I got to the first meeting yeah. and saw all these gorgeous women yeah. that had been doing this for years. Now, mind you, I'm 17 going on 18. This was my first pageant. I was a fish out of water. I had no idea all that went into it, but there were women there in their twenties. They were absolutely gorgeous. They were talented. And I said to myself, this is not for me. Mm -hmm. I have made a mistake. <laughs> Like, get me out of here. And that <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I felt I, I felt so little in yeah, that yeah. room. Wow. And my mother, being my mother, and, and being who she is and prophetic, when we got in the car, because she was with me in the meeting, when we got in the car, she said, You're gonna do this. It was almost as if she was reading my mind. She wow. said, She said, wow. You're gonna conquer this fear. This is who you are. This this is really you can do this. And so from that day forward, I conquered the fear. It was a journey. It wasn't something that, that happened overnight, but I conquered the fear. Did I win my first pageant? No, of course not. I enjoyed the experience and I got addicted to it. Wow. I knew that this was who I was. So I entered into another one, early 20s, entering into another one. It became a thing. It's like everybody knew Andrea is going to compete in, the, in a pageant. Let's go and support her. She's going to do this. Walking in a swimsuit in wow. front of people. Mm -hmm. You got to conquer that fear. Everybody looking at your body type. Everybody looking at this and that. Performing because a lot of the pageants you had to do a talent of some of some sort. So at that time I was a musician, so I was playing the piano. So it was overcoming the fear of performing in front of people. I look at all of that again as a part of my process. Wow. I had to get over the fear. The fear of people, yeah. the insecurity measuring myself up against other women, comparing myself against other women. And you know, when you talk about the beauty industry, that spirit of comparison and competition oh, yeah. is so strong. Yeah. You, I mean, you've got to be confident in yourself. Yeah. And God was so good that after the years that I competed, sometimes coming very close and, and being second runner up, first runner up, I had won my first pageant. Wow. And crown on my head. And I was the only African-American in that particular pageant and took home the crown. 
Um, I knew that again, that it was all God, but you gotta overcome that. That fear, it's an enemy of purpose, insecurity, intimidation. What if I fail? Well, you'll never know if you don't try. I tell people, just try. If it doesn't work, then you'll know what not to do the next time around. Yeah, yeah. Just try. Some of you all that are watching and are listening, you're so afraid to try because you're so afraid to fail. Mm -hmm. And so what's happening is, is that your blessing could be literally waiting for you behind what you're afraid to step out and move on. Wow. 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 You are encouraging me. I don't know if you're helping anybody else. I'm sure you are, but you are blessing me. Wow. You know what? And and when you say that, it brings to my mind uh, the scripture and, and and I actually rehearse it when I am fearful of doing something or I'm hesitant uh, to be not ignorant of Satan's devices. And so we know that the enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy. He comes to steal your confidence. You know, he comes, he, that's, that's his whole purpose. So when you know the way that he's coming and you know that he's coming with that fear to cause you to be fearful, to get you off kilter, to get you, you know, from functioning in your purpose, you know, from, to get you from functioning in the next, when you know that this is just a tactic of the devil, I was born to do this. Like I have to remind myself of that, you know, in, in, in many instances and not just in church, like it's so much more to us than just church, you know, even outside of the church, even on my job, I am the only African-American leader uh, manager in, in, uh, at my job. Like, so at the meetings, I am the only one at the table that looks like me. That's a manager, you know, and, you know, opening up and being able to give my comments. And I know the way that I talk is not the way that they talk, you know? So in the beginning, when I would first come to the meetings, I wouldn't say a whole lot. I wouldn't say a whole lot at all, but then God began to convict me and to deal with me and began to let me know that you are here for a reason. Like your voice is needed for a reason. Like they all sound the same and nothing against them at all. I love them all, um, but but you're here for a reason. Your difference makes the difference, you know? So, I, I, and I, I, it really just helped me to uh, be comfortable in the skin that I am, that, that I am in, even in the marketplace. You know, and even though it may be different uh, from those, you know, that I lead with. So I have to constantly remind myself, be not ignorant of Satan's devices. This is what you were born to do. Um, And you all can steal that. You can rehearse that to yourself. And I'm not even going to say steal it. It's the word of God. You all can use that and take that and apply it to your life. You know, when you when you when you know that he's coming at you with intimidation, with fear, you know, with procrastination, whatever the ice, you know, that the enemy uses on you most often, you can recognize it and see it from afar so that you can combat it, you know, with, with the faith of God and to still be able to do what God has called you to do. And so this is a 
perfect segue because I want to talk about the things that we battle with, like the constant battles that we deal with. And I know we're not going to get to all of these. You mentioned one, so I'm going to go ahead and jump right into that one. Um, but the constant battles with walking out your purpose, and I want you to let us know how to overcome that. And so the first one that you mentioned um, was comparison. How, I mean, because let, let's just be honest, comparison is real in, in this social media age and you see everything that people are doing and you have what you know the Lord has called you to do and really being able to focus you know on what focus on what he's called you to do and not be distracted by what you see other people doing talk a little bit about that battle of comparison and and how do you overcome that Yes. So comparison is an identity thief. Yeah. It's an identity thief. It's an enemy of purpose because when I begin to compare myself to the next woman, I am not accepting who I really am, my identity. You know, we're, we all have the DNA of God, but we all have something very unique and special that is about us that is totally different from the next person. So what the spirit of comparison does is that it will allow you to focus on what the next person is doing yeah. instead of focusing on what you've been called to do. It will rob you of your focus. And this is why we have in 2021 in this age, this technological age where social media is dominant it is a part of our lives. We have individuals that are fighting depression, mm -hmm. fighting suicide, mm -hmm. fighting loneliness, isolation, because what they're doing is they're looking at other people. Their focus is on what others are doing instead of focusing on what you've been called to do. So I'm looking at you living your life and I'm wishing that I was you. And I wish I had what you had based on what I am showing you. And I always tell individuals, social media is, is not is not always true. It's a lot of it is false. It is false. It's what you want people to see. And you can be lying by what you let people see. So as an outside person looking in, I'm looking into your life and I'm thinking you have it all together based on what you're showing me, not knowing what the real deal is, but comparison will have you focusing on something that's not even real. And you're neglecting your gifts, your talents, your unique edge, your creativity, your cutting edge, because now I'm no longer focusing on my identity. I'm trying to be the identity of someone else. Yeah. That's so true. And you may not even know this, but something you said actually helped me with, with that. So, because I, I, I've never wanted to be the person to do what somebody else is doing. I've always wanted to just really do what God has called me to do. Like, I just want God to be pleased. And so one of the things that you said, um, it was like, you're running your own race. You, you, you're basically running your own race. You are in your own lane. You are not competing against anybody but yourself. Like you're just trying to be a better person 
today than you were yesterday. And when I heard you say that, that was one of the things that really just kind of helped me to free me and to keep me, you know, on focus uh, because it's easy to get off focus. And, and then sometimes I even have to take a break from social media because a lot of it is, it's a lot of fluff, you know, it, it's a whole lot of fluff, but it, it can be a distraction though. Sometimes if, yes. we, if we can be honest, it can be a distraction. And sometimes the Lord will have me in a season where I'm not on it as much so that I can make sure that I'm focused on what he has for me to do, what he has for Vivian to do and to stay focused on that and to know that I am running my own race. I am in my own lane. If I'm running my own race in my own lane and this one is in, in their lane, it's like you're impacting who you need to impact. I'm doing what I need to do. And guess what? At the end of the day, it should be all glorifying God. And so that was something that you said that ministered to me. Um, and I even use that, you know, on today, I'm running my own race. I ain't worried about that one over there. I ain't worried about that one. Over. I don't mean to say I don't care, but I, you know, because I'm a, a supporter of everybody. Yes. Yes. <laughs> but at the end of the day, you have to do what you know that God has called you to do and stay focused. I don't know if you all can hear the yelling in the background. Like you don't know that I'm on a podcast right now, yelling at the kids. I love it, but oh. it's, it's exactly what you're saying. This is real. Yeah. unscripted hey yes. this is who we are come on <laughs> it's all that i am it's all it's that all i that, am right. and exactly. me to do it all yes exactly but then this is this is a great this is a great interjection because again we try to compare ourselves based on a facade and so that was great that that happened to show individuals, and it's funny, it's comical, but it was great to show the, show us. Oh Jesus! This is this is your, the culture of your life. You are a mother. Every day, they every see day. you beautiful. You're beautiful. You're you're you know. They see you dressed. They see you working. They see this podcast. They see that you know this amazing workbook that you just launched. But at the end of the day, take all of that away. You are a mother. <laughs> Yeah. You are a wife. Yeah. And that's sometimes what people neglect to see all of what we do. Again, yeah. because social media, we, we've glamorized it. We, we've allowed these cameras and spotlights and filters to just engulf our lives. But I tell people when I go home, yeah. I am not Pastor Andrea. I am not Lady Andrea. I'm not even CEO Andrea. I'm some other names. He's some other name. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> and that is my life. That is yeah. my life. When I'm with my family, I'm not Pastor Andrea. Yeah. I'm not Lady Andrea. When I am with my mom and dad, I am their daughter. I submit to them. I listen to them. I'm like a little girl when, when I'm with them. Seriously. When I'm with my siblings, we are laughing. We are talking. We are all of that. Again, because we sometimes get caught up in the glamour of, of, of what could be and what should be and what we let people see. Mm -hmm. But you've got to be comfortable yeah. and confident, comfortable and confident in who you are. And That's sometimes true. you do have to turn off the phone. 
Sometimes you do have to take a break. Sometimes you do have to limit what you are looking at because everything is going through your eye gates. Your eye gates are windows to your soul. So if I'm constantly looking at this person live their life, this person and doing that and doing that, and then now I've become so engrossed into it that I'm not finishing anything that God is calling me to do. I am now walking around trying to be something that I'm not. And God does not get the glory when we try to be somebody else. Nope. <laughs> nope. And, and, and that's, that, that should be our main focus is, is ensuring that in everything that we do, God gets the glory. Um, and I'm, I'm going to jump into this next one and it really kind of goes along with the whole comparison piece. Uh, well, a little bit. Um, but it, I think it's more of like social media, I would say, uh, people pleasing, uh, let, I want you to talk a little bit about that and how, I mean, is it okay to want people to, you know, you're going to want people to, to like stuff and to, you know, uh, be there. This one is also going to go into support. Um, people pleasing can, can really be one of those things to take you off focus um, and really cause you to move outside of your purpose. Um, because sometimes when you're moving in purpose, everybody is not going to like it. Everybody is not going to be pleased with it. You're not going to get the applause of everybody. And so we can't be so concerned about the opinions of people. We can't allow the opinions and the likes and the loves of people to control what we do or to control how we move in our purpose. So speak a little bit to, to the people pleasing portion and, and how do you overcome that? <laughs> Oh, yes. So I think it's just, again, human nature that yeah. we want to be liked. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Yeah. I don't think there's anything wrong with people like you, you wanting to be accepted by people. But when it becomes an idol, mm. okay, when it becomes something that is now driving every decision that you make, mm -hmm. when it becomes something that is driving every thought or what you set out to do. I'm wondering if this person's gonna like it or if that person yeah. is gonna like it. When it becomes an idol, what is an idol? Something that we begin to, to worship, okay? Mm -hmm. And when I talk about worship, I'm not talking about just lifting our hands and bowing and all of that. That's, that's, that's only one form of worship. But when we become, allow that thing to become bigger than God. Wow. The approval of people sometimes can drown out the voice of God. Wow. So do you really want people's approval or do you really want God's approval? Mm. Because we live in a society and a culture where it's all about the approval of people. How do we know that it's all about the approval of people? It's about the thumbs up, the yep. heart, <laughs> yep, yep. the emoji, the reaction. Yeah. It's the amount of the numbers, we're studying numbers now, we're studying, studying algorithms. And again, I'm not knocking it, yeah. it's a part of my business. We have to study algorithms, especially if social media is a part of, a, of your brand and what you do. But when it becomes where it's now a driving force of your decision and you are seeking for the approval of individuals that you'll never see face to face. Individuals that you really don't know <laughs> and really don't know you. 
And instead of seeking for the approval of God, we are now seeking for the approval of people. That's people pleasing. When we no longer honor the approval of God, but it's all about what she will say and he will say. And if, if, if this person doesn't accept this goal of mine or this accomplishment of mine, then it really don't mean anything. Oh no, we can't uh -huh. live like that. Not at all. Because sometimes the very ones that we think are the ones that's going to support us sometimes mm -hmm. are not the ones that are going to. I some of my biggest supporters are not a, a part of my extended family. Yeah, I'm so serious. I'm so oh, serious, true. and I love I love all of my family. Yeah. I do. Um, my immediate family, ride or die, but. I have supporters of my business and ministry that don't have my last name, mm. that do not share my blood. Yeah. And so the individuals that, th that we think that should be on our side, and then when they're not, we're devastated, we're crushed. And I get it, and I understand it, and I've been there. But you've got to remember, who, did, who called you? Did people call you, or did God call you? Come on. That's what you, God called you. And when God calls you, he puts his stamp of approval on you. Oh, and yeah. whether they don't accept what you do, whether they don't put the like up or the heart up or don't give, don't sow, don't tell you how wonderful you did, don't bother to send you a text and you know they saw everything, you know they know about it. Don't pick up the phone and say congratulations. At the end of the day, God, it is God's approval yeah. that I'm seeking for. Well done, thy good and faithful servant. That's the word that I am waiting to hear. Well done, thy good and faithful servant. Oh, Jesus. Yes, that is what I want to hear <laughs> from the Lord. <laughs> well done. Uh, and you know what? I'm reminded of that scripture. I don't know where it's at. But it says something to the like of you when you seek and you've gotten the approval of the people, that's your reward. Like yes. you've gotten your reward. Yes. That's what you yes. wanted. You've gotten your reward. Absolutely. From and so when you make it to heaven or when God looks at it, you, there is no reward because you want you felt like the reward, you know, was that of the people praising you. And, and we must understand that uh, just because the people approve us or praise us does not mean that God approves or praise, <laughs> you know. And so we, we I mean, and it really just goes into like uh, what we're talking about about people pleasing, trying to please the people. And you've really gotten into a realm to where you're not even pleasing God anymore. Yes. You're, you're so concerned with pleasing the people to where you've gotten so off focus. You're not even in your lane anymore. You're not even functioning in your purpose, your call and your assignment anymore because you've allowed what the people to say to cause you to move outside of your purpose. And now you're more concerned about whether they like you than whether God is approving what you're doing. And so you've gotten your reward. And guess what? These people have no heaven or hell to put you in. 
not they they don't <laughs> at the end of the day even as you said i want to hear god say well done my good and faithful servant and so whether this one like it or this one don't like it you know and some people will try to not like it on purpose to, to okay. get to you to get okay. to you some people will do it intentionally intentionally mean girls yeah, like the movie, mean girls, mean girls but portray, <laughs> portray to be nice girls, but mean girls, you know, yes. but, but God sees all and he knows all. And when we get our focus right, the mean girls don't even matter. It don't even matter. At the end of the day, even as you said, I so agree with it. I just want God to be pleased. And that's where I've been. I've been there for a while now. It's like, God, I just want you to be pleased. I want you to lead me. I want you to guide me. I need to hear you speak. I don't want to do anything outside of the will of God. Good stuff, wrong assignment. I want to be on the right assignment. <laughs> Amen. Um, and, you know, God has a way. And it's one of the things that I just love about him. Yeah. Because sometimes when you're moving in your purpose and you feel like you're not making impact. Yeah. You know, I, I, I want to take a moment to, for that individual that's listening and watching that you're, you are moving in your purpose, but you're just feeling like there's no impact. Mm -hmm. And God has a way of, of, of showing you that he is pleased and that you are making impact. If you're, again, waiting for people to tell you that you're being impactful, you may be waiting a long time. <laughs> And the, and again, the individuals that we want the acceptance from many, many times they are, they'll laugh in your face, smile in your face and be completely opposite behind your back. But God has a way of showing you, you know, and I've, I've, I'm at the point in my life now that if I can just reach one. Yeah. Just one, just one. Yes, I've got this amount of followers on Instagram, this amount of followers on Facebook. I pastor a church with my husband of thousands. We lead an organization of pastors and spouses. God has been good to us and gracious to us to give us the responsibility of leadership over many across the nation. But at the end of the day, if it's just one life that's being changed, and I'm really now only focused on the one, the one that will come back and say, thank you. There is a story in the Bible where Jesus healed 10 lepers, mm -hmm. 10 lepers of, of this incurable disease. Nine received their miracle, went on their way. Happy-go-lucky, I'm cleansed, I'm healed. Woohoo! And then there was one that actually came back Only and told him, thank you. Jesus. And so we focus, this is how we are sometimes. And, and I'm, I'm going to give it right back to you, Lady Vivian. No, you're we fine. Focus on, oh. We sometimes as individuals, we'll focus on the nine. Yeah. Because nine is a lot of them. And that, that makes me look good because I impacted nine. Mm -hmm. But usually the nine won't say nothing. The nine are ungrateful. The nine know that you helped them and will put it out there like they did it all themselves. Wow. Go on with their life like nothing, knowing that you are a major part of their deliverance, 
a major part of getting them set free, a major part of giving them wisdom. And I get that we've got a lot of women on tonight. And as women, we give out a lot. Yeah. We're talking to this one, talking to that one, ministering to that one, ministering to that one. We're wives, mothers, we're best friends. We're, you know, we wear so many hats and we, we will minister to the nine, but the nine don't say thank you. There's one that has a heart of gratitude that will come back and say, thank you for helping me. And that's the one that we should be focused on. God, in everything that I do as a teacher, as a lawyer, as a manager, as a student, as a wife, as a mother, as a daughter, whatever role that I play, let me impact one. Impact one. Let's let someone's life be changed by it. Me. Let's life be changed by my purpose. If it's just one, that's all you need. Oh, Jesus. You, you, this is a podcast. I can't shout. Can I shout? No, I can't shout. This is a podcast. (laughs) I'm going to have to have them. Okay. Okay, yeah, that is so good, lady. I, I mean, that is so good. And, and and that has been like my prayer. If I could just help somebody. I don't want to just be doing something just to be doing. I could be doing a whole lot of other things. And so I don't want to just be doing something just to be doing something to say that I'm doing something. I want it to be impactful and life-changing even if it's just for that one if I could just help somebody I think that's a song I'm not gonna sing it right now but (laughs) if I could just help somebody uh I I mean then my my goal is accomplished uh and even in that ultimately helping somebody and pointing them back to God Absolutely. And we all just adopted that mindset when it comes to living out our purpose. Stop focusing on the crowd. Yep. Stop focusing on the crowd. Stop focusing on on people's approval. Mm -hmm. Because as we know, Jesus, they said, you know, Hosanna, Hosanna. And then those were the same individuals that crucify them. Come on. People will flip they on you. Yes. <laughs> yes, they will. In a second. In a second. It don't take them yes, long. Yeah. And so when we shift our focus from the crowd, and of course, we live in this social media age where uh, we are cognizant and conscious of and aware of, you know, you know, when we put out a flyer, when we market e- an event, when we post a picture, again, and the human side of us wants to be accepted, wants to be approved. And there's nothing wrong with it. Nothing wrong with it at all. But when that begins to be, you know, as I stated before, the driving force for your decision making. Yeah. Where it's be now beginning to alter who you are. Yeah. Don't let anyone alter who you are. Yeah. Not worth it. Not worth it. Well, I'm gonna have a real moment with you. We talked about this in the beginning. Um, (laughs) I was pressed today when I uh, released my workbook on uh, Facebook and Facebook was, they blocked my stuff. 
that I, I was pressed because guess what? At the end of the day, I'm trying to sell these workbooks. Huh? <laughs> Not just to sell y'all in the comments. I, I wanted to impact your life too. But <laughs> <laughs> I pay for these workbooks now. But yeah, it, it and it was, and it really, God really had to humble me in that moment. He had to humble me in that moment. And I think it really was God testing me. Uh-huh. Because it, it, like I put it up. I think it got like 58 views. Yeah. And I said, I get 58 views in 10 minutes. How many yes. more hours? <laughs> I only got 58. I said, Facebook is hating on me. They do not have my stuff on this timeline. So I text a couple of people that was close to me. I'm like, do you see it? They're like, no, nah, we don't see it. I was like, oh, Lord. You know, but I think <laughs> I think it was the Lord tested me. Like You, you know you- what, Lady Vivian? And I'm, I'm so glad. You know, and grateful for your transparency. I didn't it see it. They, it wasn't showing up. Facebook admit. Yeah. And so sometimes God will use it. It's happened to me. I'd be so excited about a launch. And and, and, and it is. It is a test of humility. I'm so it was. serious. I was about to delete it, baby. Yeah. I was about to delete it. I said, I can't go out like this with 100 <laughs> views after 10 hours. <laughs> but God will use things like that. Number one, to keep us humble and get that pride out of the way. Ooh, help me, Lord. That was a little that pride. pride out of the way. So he'll check us every so often. Yes, he will. Check He's done today. it several times. Yes. Several times. And I'll say the same thing like, oh, no. Oh, no. These, these, these numbers are not. They are playing with me today. And then I'll text my team. Did y'all put it? Did you post it right? Did you tell me? Did you, you know? I said, you should have researched <laughs> this and knew this was going to happen. But God will use that, of course, yeah. because he wants to check our motives. Yeah. That's Why are we really doing things? I had to check my motives. And check our motives. And so he'll allow something like this and you'll be like, oh, my. Okay, God, I, I hear you. I hear you. I hear you. Forgive me. Forgive me because now what's going on? I'm alt- I'm, I'm allowing myself to be altered yeah. by what I think approval should look like and feel like yeah it, it happens to the best of us it does mm-hmm. so we have we do have to be careful because people pleasing is real yeah it's real and it's damaging so many individuals lives yeah people don't know who they are anymore Come because on. they're so wrapped up and what they feel people should see and how should they should. Oh my goodness. We have so many damaged individuals. And, and one of the things that, that really hurts my heart is our young women, our younger generation, TikTok, Snapchat, all of this, because again, it's the numbers, it's the approval, it's, it's the feedback. And so they're looking at other young women, other young people that are doing well on these platforms and all of these million views, and I only have seven. So I must not be cool, or I must not know what I'm doing. I must not be pretty. I must not be beautiful because I only had seven views, but this girl had over a million. This is a very sneaky spirit that has crept into our world through the social media age that we have to be aware of and we have to overcome. Yes, yes, we do, we do. 
Um, I, I have so much more uh, to talk about, but the, the hour is getting late and I want to be respective of, uh, respectful of everyone's time. Um, but I want to uh, go ahead and jump on this last one and then we'll go ahead uh, and close out. I'm trying to see which one I want to do. I'll do this. Let's talk about the uh, constant pressure to keep giving. The constant pressure in, to keep giving. And, and this is one of the constant battles, like with walking out your purpose. Because, and the reason I put this one on here, I, the Lord actually just dropped this one in my spirit uh, earlier this morning. Um, because there's a constant pressure to keep putting stuff out there, to keep giving. And we have to make sure that we don't neglect to allow ourselves downtime. Like downtime where you're not giving anything to anybody, you know, and you're you're still living in your purpose. You're still fulfilling purpose. But even in your purpose, you cannot pour from an empty well. And so if you're consistently and continuously pouring and you don't take time to shut down from the world and take time to remove yourself so that God can replenish you so that he can recoup you and regenerate you and refuel you, you know, and there's this constant pressure. Like you have to, you got to put this out and, you know, you, you got to put this post out because, you know, I know for me, I have a blog, you know, and so I'm constantly putting stuff out, you know, to inspire women. And I love to do it. Um, but there comes a time where you have to take a step back and allow yourself some downtime because if you don't, you will drain yourself. You'll drain yourself and you'll have nothing else left to give. And then in the areas where you need to be most impactful, you won't be able to show up in that moment because you haven't allowed yourself that downtime. So talk a little bit about that. Like, have you ever found yourself in that place where you had given so much and you forgot to take care of Pastor Andrea? Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I've, I've shared this with you, um, Lady Vivian and uh, some of our first ladies um, when we would have our, our, our monthly meetings. There was a time uh, several years ago um, where I was completely burned out, completely burned out. Um, I was at that time I was working in corporate America as a paralegal. I was doing long hours at the office. I had a commute, and I know you can attest to this, Lady Vivian, because you you've had a grueling com commute before, mm -hmm. a commute that was on average um, two hours one way. Um, and just, you know, and then leaving, sometimes I would leave from the job, be in a almost two hours commute. And on the days that we had church, wouldn't even go home, would go straight to the church, straight to the church, pick up something to eat, eat in the car, go straight to the church, be in Bible class, be in prayer service, um, or change clothes at the church, and then go with my husband to a speaking engagement. And at, at that time, I wasn't preaching or speaking or anything like that, but just basically showing up for him, I became burnt out. It was so real. This was actually, and I'm, you know, I'm very transparent because God has delivered me, but this was around 2010, 2010 2011, and I became so burnt out. To the point where I began to suffer with panic attacks. Wow. 
panic attacks. I would be driving in my car and would have to pull over and could not breathe or my body would become numb. And I said, this is not me. This is not me. What is going on with me, God? It was so scary because I had never experienced it before. And through some counseling, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And, and, be, and being accountable to spiritual advisors and, and even being vulnerable to my husband because at some parts of it, I didn't even share it with him because I was almost ashamed mm-hmm. that I was going through this. I was ashamed, like you should be on because I was so used to being on, showing up with a smile on my face, showing up at church like nothing. So a part of me felt ashamed that I was going through this. So I didn't even share it with my husband, but I had to because it was becoming too much. And so God, hallelujah, brought me through that ordeal. That was one of the toughest ordeals of my life. And the spirit of fear, that whole time I was going through that, that spirit of fear confronted me nonstop. Your body's going to give in. Your body's going to break down. Your mind is, it was just all these thoughts. I would be afraid to go to sleep at night. That's how burnt out I was. But God is a deliverer. And one of the things that I learned, and, and, and even through, through that process, I had, I didn't even know who I was anymore. Mm-hmm. I, I'm so serious. I didn't even know who I was anymore. Jesus. And I told myself, I had a, a very serious conversation with God. I said, God, you've taught me something during this. Number one, rest is always needed. Yes. You know, we, again, because we're thinking about people. Yeah. As a yeah. first lady, I'm thinking about what the, what are the people going to say about me if they don't see me on a Tuesday night? What are the people going to say about me if I don't show up on a Sunday morning? People are going to think that we're having problems in our marriage. People are going to think that this is going on. People are going to think that all of that. And my body literally was breaking down. Wow. My mind was tormented. And God, and through prayer, through, through some counseling, being being accountable to spiritual advisors, much prayer, knowing when to refill and refuel because you can give out, give out. And then some of us are leading while bleeding, mm. leading on an empty gas tank. Wow. You can't keep driving on an empty gas tank. Mm-hmm. What's going to happen? Your car is going to stop. Gonna stop. So something's going to happen to your engine. Yeah. And so I am a... A, a strong believer in self-care yeah. because I said to myself, I will never go through that again. Yeah. I knew part of it was my, was my responsibility because I didn't say no. I would say yes to everything. Yeah. I would come in at six o'clock from work and my mm-hmm. husband will say, are you going with me tonight? <laughs> yeah. Let me get ready. And knowing that my body was tired, knowing that in just a few hours, I had to get back up and do it all over again. Wow. I said, I will never allow that to happen to me. Yeah. It is okay, women and men, to say no. Yes, it is. The whole world is not going to stop if you say no. Yeah. Here's the thing. People will keep on living. 
Yes, they will. <laughs> we won't think, we think that, well, you know, that we're so vital that if we yes. say no, mm -hmm. oh my God, they're not, they're not going to know what to do without me. People will figure it out. Yeah. They, they will. will figure it out. And so I believe in self-care. I believe in slowing down. I believe in saying no. I believe in turning off your phone. I believe in, in getting in the bed and don't touch the phone. Don't touch a laptop. Don't touch anything and just rest. Yeah. I believe in allowing your mind to rest. I believe, of course, in, 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 in spending time in the presence of God, because when you do that, that refuels you. That fills you back up. Yeah. I believe in taking vacations. Mm -hmm. I believe in clearing out your schedule yeah. and saying, I need a me day. Yeah. If it's just a couple hours, mm -hmm. I need a me day. I need some me time. I went through that. God brought me through that. And so I don't feel bad when I tell people no now. Mm -mm. <laughs> nope. I probably say it a little bit too much now. <laughs> no, you don't. I don't. I don't feel bad at all. I don't. Uh -uh. Last year, and I'm going to close with this, 2020 caught us by surprise. Mm -hmm. It blindsided everybody. Yeah. So 2019, I was on the road, preaching, speaking, Mm -hmm. Almost every week, um, I've got some of my, my A-team members that are on tonight. I see them. I love y'all. I miss you. Uh, <laughs> and they were traveling with me. I and mean, we were going like every weekend in 2019. Like I would say maybe the last three years of my ministry have just taken off. And I, I attribute all of that to God's glory. No, nothing that I've done, just God. And so 2019 into 20, early 2020, we were on the go. And then COVID happens hmm. and it stops everything. Wow. And we're now quarantining. We can't go anywhere. <laughs> And so I'm looking at my schedule for 2020 and I'm looking at all of the speaking engagements that have already come in and by February of 2020. And I'm looking at all of the things I had planned for my business and all of that. And I'm like, oh my goodness, you know, what's gonna happen? What's this? And I heard God so clearly. He said, this is gonna be a year of rest. Wow. And it was. It was a year rest for me and many that were on the go, on the go, on the go, on the go. And now you're confined to your house. You can't go anywhere. And for, for some individuals, they didn't know how to, to, to cope with themselves. They didn't know. And at, at first, in the first few weeks of, of, of the pandemic, it was like, okay, what do I do? I mean, I know what to do, but Sorry. I can't, I can't, I can't go out. <laughs> I can't, I can't travel. Yeah. I can't. So, okay. I get up in the morning and by 12 o'clock it's like, okay, what else do I do? Oh, right. well, yeah. <laughs> I believe God taught us. Yeah. He taught us in 2020 how to be comfortable with ourselves, yeah. how yeah. to be reacquainted with ourselves, mm -hmm. how to rest how to slow down. It was all for our making. This pandemic has been for our making. And for some of us, we needed it. Yeah. We needed the slow down. Yeah. We needed the shutdown. Necessary. So we can get reconnected to God and then reconnected 
to who we are. It, it I mean, yes, it, the, the p- pandemic, even as you said, I, I, I mean, and it really just goes back to, even as uh, we said earlier, how God is just so strategic. He's so strategic. Like he, he knows what we need, when we need it <laughs> and how, you know? So, and sometimes we can be going and not even realize that we need that rest, that we need to, um, that we're running on empty. Yes. And I oftentimes uh, have to remind my husband, like you need to rest. You need to sit down and relax. You know, because I've learned um, through the years, just the power of being able to say no, you know, because one, one of the things that happened to me in my life that helped me to do that, I had a, it was with my daughter, we were at uh, ballet lessons and my mind was in so many other places because I was supposed to be here with that one, you know, and I was there with her physically in the body but my mind was not there. Like my mind was somewhere else thinking about the next thing, you know, what was going on next. And, you know, it was, it it wasn't there. I wasn't present in the moment, you know, and in that moment, my daughter came to me and that's when she had said, uh, did you see me dance? And I was like, yeah, kind of, you know, I didn't want to tell her. (laughs) She's like, mommy, you didn't even see me dance. And I felt so bad because I didn't, like I really was there, you know? And in that moment, God began to remind me, you have to say no to some things. You have to, not only do you have to say no to some things, but you need some time to rest your mind, relax your mind, rest your body because your cells cannot recuperate or cannot regenerate unless they have rest unless you rest, you know? And so with me being in the healthcare professional, you know, being in the healthcare profession, I knew the importance of it, but of course, knowing the importance of it and doing it is two totally different things, you know, and, and, it, and it had to, it brought me to a place where I began to understand the power in saying no, so that I could say yes, to my daughter who really needed me the most, you know, and who would remember those times, you know, that my mom was there, but she wasn't really there, you know, and that was a very pivotal moment for me. Um, And it really just helped me to understand the importance of that. And then also, uh, like I said, uh, to take that rest uh, in my body and in my mind. Um, and, 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 and it's, it's so strategic of God, even with the uh, pandemic, just to shut it all down to where you have no other choice. You ain't got nowhere else to go. You stuck in this house and, and, and that's what you need. Um, so that, that's good. Uh, so with us closing, I want to go ahead and close out. I'll do, uh, my outro in a minute, but I want you to minister to the woman that doesn't know what her purpose is. Like, how might she discover uh, what her purpose is? What advice would you give to someone? Absolutely. So God has created our purpose, but it's up to us to discover it. I want you all, all to remember that. It was created by God, but it's up to us to discover it. So when you're talking about discovering your purpose, I want to ask you these questions. Number one, what are you at peace at? When you're doing something, yeah. when you're doing something and you have peace, what is that? 
What does that feel like? What does that look like? When you're content in doing something, again, what does that feel like? What does that look like? And if you never received a dime, because purpose will bring prosperity, but it's not driven by prosperity. Yeah. I love, I love to, to, to empower individuals. I love to mentor. I love to meet with people and help them with their journey. And I get paid for it now, but I've been doing it for so long and never received a dime for it yeah. because I love to do it. If you never receive the dime for what you love to do, it's a part of your purpose. If you feel like you're the most content when you are taking care of children, it's a part of your purpose. You are most at peace when you are doing somebody's hair Mm -hmm. and you're ministering through your hands. It's a part of your purpose. You feel most fulfilled when you are just talking on the phone and you're just giving wisdom. It's a part of your purpose. You've got to know where you are when it comes to peace, when it comes to content. And if you Mm -hmm. never received a dime for it. Now, again, purpose will lead into prosperity because God will not allow you to to function and and, and move in all of this and not reward you financially for it. But it should not be the driving force of what we do. Mm -hmm. There are times when I'm grossly underpaid for what I do. And I have business coaches that look at my portfolio and say, you should be getting more money than this. But it's a part of my purpose mm-hmm. that if I don't ever get a, what I'm worth for it, yeah. Yeah. I'm still I'm still fulfilled and I know that God is glorified. It's up to you to discover it. Yeah. God created it, but you have to discover it. Yeah. And it's a journey. Purpose is not a one-time thing. Mm-hmm. It is a lifetime journey. So meaning there are la- many layers of purpose. You're going to evolve. You're going to become, you're constantly becoming, you know, three years from now, purpose may look a little different because you may be in a different stage of your life, Mm -hmm. but even then you're still moving and you're still becoming. So I challenge all of you tonight. And those of you that are listening, take the time to discover, and you're going to love what you're going to discover. And it's a life that is filled with unlimited possibilities. I love it. That that <laughs> that was such, oh my goodness. So amazing, Pastor Andrea Hudson. I love you so much. Oh, you no, I love helped, you too. <laughs> you have helped us more than you know on tonight and, you know, help me as well. I want to leave us with this uh, quote and it really just kind of goes into what we've been talking about. It says the two most important days, and I'm sure most of us have heard this, but I want you to hear it again like it's your first time. The two most important days in your life are the day you are born and the day you find out why you were born. It's important to know why you were born. It's important to know your purpose. And that quote uh, is uh, from Mark Twain. And so in, in order to become her, Yeah, that's an amazing quote. Uh, We must move from not just knowing our purpose, 
but effectively and consistently uh, fulfilling it, moving in it and walking in it. And that's really leading back to the title, The Intentional Woman, Walking in Purpose on Purpose. We must be intentional about walking it out and fulfilling our purpose so that we can provide our contribution in the earth so that we can be our most powerful and effective selves. Uh, so I encourage you to, uh, if you don't know, to seek God so that you uh, can discover and know uh, what your purpose is. Um, I mean, I was blessed on tonight. Uh, thank you so much. That is the end of our podcast. Thank you so much, uh, Pastor Hudson, uh, for joining us on tonight. You were such a blessing. Uh, I want you to take this time to uh, tell everybody about your book, uh, and about some amazing things that you have going on that can help women even in discovering uh, their purpose. Thank you so much, Lady Vivian. And I want those of you that are listening and watching, we're going to purchase her workbook. We're going to put a demand on it. I'm, I'm sure she's already sold out of her first shipment. So we are going to sell out the second shipment and the third shipment. Hey. And however many shipments that she's going to have, we're going to sell them out. I'm so excited and proud of what God is doing in her life. So for those of you that are watching and listening, you can follow me on, on social media, on Instagram, on Facebook, on Twitter. Um, I have some three, three awesome books that I have authored that have been blessing the people of God. Uh, the first one is He Saved the Best for Last. That's my book for singles my first book that I wrote that is still in circulation. Um, and we're going on now six years now that's still in circulation. You can purchase that off of my website. I'm going to give you guys my website address in just a minute. And then I have um, my latest book that is incongruent to what we talked about tonight, because I believe when you find your purpose, it is again linked to your passion. Passion and purpose work together. Yeah. So I've written a book and I wrote it in the pandemic. Wow. Wrote it in the pandemic last wow. year and released it in the pandemic. <laughs> and the book is called The Passion and the Price. Because yeah. Lady Vivian, you and I both know there's a price tag to this thing called purpose and passion. You will pay a price. And mm -hmm. it's not always a one-time price. It's an ongoing price. So we talk about that in the book, the passion and the price. You can purchase that as well. And then I have several webinars, but I just did one recently on the subject of worry, worrying, fear, anxiety. I was very transparent tonight in telling you all some of my fears that I have went through and conquered. I went through panic attacks years ago. God delivered me. And so, of course, because we're in an, a pandemic, an epidemic of fear is across our world. People are afraid to go outside. They're afraid to travel. They're afraid to go to sleep. They're afraid of getting sick. We are dealing with worry and fear. So I did a webinar entitled, What Are You Worried About? And I actually break down what the spirit of worry is. We have an ebook that goes along with it. And for those of you that are watching and listening, we have a special discount for you all. It's valued at only $50, but we're giving it to you tonight for only $30. You get uh -huh. a webinar and an ebook. Uh, honestly, it can be priced three times as much, but we're going to give it to you tonight for $30. 
give it to you this weekend. Those of you that are listening to the podcast, go to my website at andreashudson.com. A-N-D-R-I-A, S as in Sam, hudson.com. Purchase What Are You Worried About webinar. It's a video webinar and an ebook, or you can purchase The Passion and the Price or any of our products that we have on the website.